I think it's fair to say that WWE have some sort of a secret talent on a show with three great matches and one part emotional farewell. You still made this show feel so unimportant, so illogical that the reaction online is mostly, well, whatever. It was the show. And it's a shame because even with such a poor build, it had a potential to be one of the best pay-per-views for WWE this year. But unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. And it all started with a pre-show. The pre-show that I actually thought was quite good. It was a Royal Rumble. You have your typical jobbers for now. Kalista, Jeff Hardy, Elias, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dominic Mysterio, Chad Gable. All people that you can think of were probably there. And it made me feel sad. Because we've seen some great sequence between Ricochet and the Hurt Business. And especially when we saw Dominic Mysterio face off with Chad Gable for 5 minutes or so in a great sequence. It's the match I never thought I needed, but right now I need it more than anything on SmackDown. But we all know who won this match. Our Mr. Money in the Bank, The Miss who pretended to be eliminated near the end and then eliminated Dominic Mysterio to win the match. Did it escalate the Miz in my eyes or in the eyes of fans? No, he's your Mr. Money in the Bank and he's fighting in a pre-show in a fucking Royal Rumble match. Why? For no goddamn reason, because you don't have any stories. Did it escalate Chad Gable or... Dominic Mysterio. Not really. They were doing this on a pre-show. Not a lot of people saw it. Not a lot of people cared about it. And it's a damn shame. And as I said, the only emotion that I had after this pre-show was... It's just sad. I wish we could have seen Chad Gable versus Dominic Mysterio as a match on at least a pre-show. And at best... We can see the future feud for the intercontinental title between those two. But in reality, it probably will never happen. Because the spotlight will go to the people like The Miss forever. After this, the main show started. And it started with a big match. The Men's Survivor Series match. Was it good? In ring? Yeah, it was fine. There was some fun sequence between Matt Riddle or Kit Lee. They were bringing in what exactly we thought they will bring in. Fun, incredible maneuvers that we wish we would see more frequently on TV. But no. Suck a big, big fat one. Because hey, it's WWE, you know how it's all going there. But straight away, the logic of this match decided to go somewhere else because... Seth Rollins takes himself in, looked at Sheamus, looked at his teammates, and said, It's for the greater good. Sat on his knees and got a bro kick right in his face and was immediately eliminated. Was it any good? Hmm. No, 
it was illogical and stupid. You want to get eliminated? You have so many ways. Attack someone with a chair. Uh, get count out. You know, attack your own teammate if you want to. You know, you have Kevin Owens you already feuded with at the beginning of the year. So why not do this? But no, instead, you're gonna go on your knees and take a bro kick. Brilliant plan. And after this, Rawside completely dominated. They won without ever taking a pin or submission loss. Five against nil. And remember this story of, hey, how will they coexist? Well, forget about it. They coexist brilliantly. After the match, they even hugged all, saying that, yeah, we all are good mates now. Yeah, let's hug. Ah. Uh, I mean, as I said, in ring, it was a good match. The final moment of this match where Jey Uso fly and Keith Lee just catch him in a midair, put him in a powerbomb position and delivered it was just brilliant. But overall, the emotion that you thought about after this match were like, what the fuck just happened? Why the fuck did this happen? And trust me, this emotion will follow you until the end of the show. Thankfully, after this, we had a great match. Possibly my match of the night. The New Day versus the Street Profits. Unfortunately, at the beginning, while the entrances were going on, the New Day were completely reunited. Why? Because they need to sell the DLC for Gears of War. And I totally understand it, but you just had this emotional farewell on SmackDown just less than a month ago. And now, you're bringing them back just for an entrance because after this, Big E was not on the ringside. Why the fuck did you even do this apart from advertisement? I don't get it, but... Let's just forget about it because we had an incredible match. Even though... After it ended, I thought that we could have given them five extra minutes and it would have been even better. But overall, it was a very good match that we never saw on TV or in any pay-per-view. So it was a big plus and the chemistry between both teams were just mwah, brilliant. The story that they told during this match was actually very captivating, telling the story of New Day finding out that, hey, now that we don't have Big E, maybe we're not so effective as a team. It was clear when they were hitting some of the finisher maneuvers that Big E was involved in, and they couldn't take a pin after it. Because, hey, it's not Big E who's delivering it. And I really like where this story might go, because you don't need to turn anyone heel, you just need to tell a good quality story. But that's the story they can tell in the future. For now, we just had a great match. Where Montez Ford was probably my man of the match. Hitting trouble in paradise on Kofi Kingston. Being just awesome overall. Performing his typical incredible frog splash to surprisingly win the match. And I mean surprisingly because... Everybody knows how good New Day are. Everybody kind of remembers how good Street Profits were on NXT. 
but Street Profits never had this moment on the main roster to put them on the map. So hopefully this one was exactly something what they needed. This big moment where WWE will focus on them and actually give them some storylines or something to do on TV because now they can have a momentum and they can run wild on SmackDown. Unfortunately, there's no team to fight against, but maybe they will figure... Uh, no, they won't. They probably won't figure anything out, but hope dies last. Speaking of done hope, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley was next. You want to see your intercontinental champion being portrayed as an interesting character? Uh, you kind of have it, but forget about any convincing good match. This match was exactly what you expected from this match. Sami Zayn being this smart heel trying to get on the nerve of the hurt business who were on the ringside, trying to get on the nerve of a referee and Bobby Lashley, but immediately getting battered by Bobby Lashley by any chance he got, then having little offense and then once again total domination from Bobby Lashley. At the end, Bobby Lashley picked up a victory after uh, uh, full Nelson, you know, a submission maneuver to tap out your intercontinental champion. And I mean, it was obvious that Bobby Lashley going to win. It was obvious that Sami Zayn will barely have any offense. But you could have used his smart brain in a much better way than this. Overall, you thought to yourself, why the fuck did it last that long? You could have told the same story but cut a couple of minutes of this match and give it to the New Day vs Street Profits. Overall, it was nothing of a match. Bobby Lashley kinda looked good. It's a shame to what's happening with Sami Zayn and the IC title. But I think we already got used to this by now. But then, we had Sasha Banks vs Asuka. And of course it was a great match. I mean, you can't go wrong with Sasha Banks and Asuka. They will put on a hell of a show every single time. But it would have been much more effective if, well at least you would build it up a little bit. Because you have a lot to build up with. Because remember, they already feuded at the beginning of this year. Oh yes, you don't remember this because... Uh, Wrestlemania time and after Wrestlemania, na na na, delete this from my memory. That's exactly what WWE Creative are doing. That's why they thought the Seth Rollins and Murphy storyline was going for about a couple of months, not for a fucking half a year. Uh, but overall, great technical match, great match where Sasha and Asuka look just incredible. I mean, whew. Not the best encounter, but come on. This is a pay-per-view quality match that was ah, just great. With Sasha Banks surprisingly winning. And surprisingly because I really thought that Asuka needed this win. Because she has absolutely nothing to do on Monday Night Raw. Nobody's fighting against her. She's doing diddly dick. She's not even on TV most of the times. And when she is... She's speaking Japanese and she's just 
doing these obnoxious facial expressions instead of fighting and being the badass champion that she can be. And that's a shame because Sasha Banks has Bailey's storyline down the line if they will return and they will. They have Carmella's storyline that nobody gives a shit but at least something. And Asuka is sitting there with nothing so this win over Sasha Banks would be great for her but it was not meant to be and maybe it was for good because it's so refreshing to see Sasha Banks actually winning with a SmackDown belt, right? Speaking of SmackDown and Raw, uh, let's talk about the worst thing on the show by a mile, the Women's Survivor Series match. What a piece of jank shit it was, I mean, at first it wasn't bad. Bailey being eliminated first was a big surprise. Then Raw unsurprisingly took a big advantage out of this and absolutely destroyed SmackDown's women's side. With Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler just absolutely destroying everyone. But then illogical madness that WWE just so in love with kick in and Shayna Baszler got disqualified for choking out Bianca Belair who was holding out for a rope and just a couple of segments before when the same shit happened but only with Ruby Riot, Shayna Baszler stood up, dragged the dead body of Ruby Riot and pinned her. Here instead of doing this same thing she decided to wait and get disqualified and then after this Fun match. Nijax, who absolutely no-sold everything that was thrown at her from any women at the SmackDown side, which was just so painful to look at. I mean, you putting her through a table and she's just like, eh, I don't give a flying fuck, you know. She will be absolutely unsolvable for anything. Doesn't matter what SmackDown team was putting against her, she didn't sow shit. And at the end, Bianca Belair put her over the barricade and got timed out as well. Countdown victory for Raw's side and as you all guessed, Lana was a sole survivor. The story that everyone predicted, the story that nobody really wanted to see, but if you're gonna make it right, maybe it's gonna be good. No, you put it in the shittiest way possible, with illogical thing after illogical thing. Congratulations, you made me just so uninvested in any storyline you could tell, for good. Thank you, thank you. I'm so honored to say about this shit. Ah, you know what, fuck it. Let's talk about something really good. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. And this was fucking awesome. I mean, yes, maybe it went for too long. Yes, it was relatively slow at the early stages of the match. But once it picked up, it was great. With Drew McIntyre 
being portrayed as the strongest creature ever, kicking out of two spears from Roman Reigns and then reversing the third one into Claymore Kick. And only because Roman Reigns hit referee while he was falling down, Drew McIntyre didn't win. And after this shenanigans, Jey Uso came out, the phone a super keg on Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns hit a low blow and took a victory. But overall, this match, even though was maybe too slow at the beginning, was so hard hitting, was so good, that when people are telling me that this was the, man, the match of the night, I'm telling to them, well yes, I actually can see this happening because it was a very physical match, but also a very smart one. Booking Drew McIntyre very strongly, something I was afraid of. Because Roman Reigns, of course, would win. But if they would do it wrong and portray Drew McIntyre as a little bit weak one, then there is no interest of him being a WWE Champion. But thankfully, they did absolutely everything correct with this match no illogical gaps no waste of well okay maybe there was some waste of time in the beginning but overall just a great match to finish off the show in ring because after this we had the undertaker farewell and uh, i'm gonna be honest with you it was not the best segment and I know I know a lot of people cried here I know a lot of people might be mad at me for saying this but I say by my opinion it was not a particularly good segment there were some very good parts one well two good parts but overall it was illogical because why the fuck did you need all those big names you know Big Show, Ric Flair, JBL, Shane O'Mac, everyone come out before the little promo that we already seen on a pre-show. And then all of those 10 to fucking 15 legends of the business who were standing right in the middle of the ring disappeared. And here was standing only one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And yes, after this... I actually like this segment a lot because Vince caught a promo basically saying here comes the dead man, the Undertaker, and he was very emotional. He nearly cried, he went away from the ring immediately, and then Undertaker, after a 30 minute entrance, I swear to god, sent in the ring, caught a little promo, basically saying that it's finally time. Undertaker to rest in peace. And that was it. No cliffhanger, no Finn attacking him, no nothing. Just him walking away, raising his arm and going into sunshine because it's time for the future. If only this segment was cut down to just a promo, Vince coming out introducing the undertaker for one last time and undertaker cutting his promo this would have been great 
because after Undertaker was done with his promo, there was one truly emotional moment, in my opinion, with Paul Bearer CGI graphic appearing on screen and him saying for one last time, oh yeah, and that's it. This would have been a perfect way to end this all. But unfortunately, WWE decided to make this whole into 30 minute nonsensical farewell. And even though I enjoyed the last part of it, I cannot ignore the whole illogical madness before it. And it hurts my soul because I've seen a lot of people actually cry or tear up or at least feel emotional towards this segment. I was watching this with my couple of mates and some streams that we were watching at the same time. And before Paul Bearer moment, we all were just laughing and funning around saying how fucking illogical it was. What the fuck is going on? Will somebody attack him? But after Paul Bearer appeared... That was 100% serious mood on. Everybody were like, they can do a segment after this. They can do a swerve with somebody attacking him. There should be a farewell. And thankfully it was. Hopefully we're not going to see Undertaker as an in-ring star ever again. Because even though it wasn't the most effective end-of-career tribute ever, I think... 30 years, Survivor Series, very symbolic. Such a shame that there is no crowd. But yeah, it was worth it. And even though I said on multiple occasions that this show was so stupid, so illogical, I can't deny good wrestling that was on this show. So overall, it was a 3 out of 5 show very okay one with good wrestling but with incredibly dumb booking thank you guys for listening for my 20 minute rant and appreciation of wrestling thank you very much and hear you soon